When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so that you will have great coping skills as we go through these next few months of coping with coronavirus. Our website, Clark.com, our crew is hard at work putting information that you can use to work for your wallet and information that separates from the hype the truth about what you need to know about your health. And we are seriously working around the clock, trying so hard to give you information at a time that people feel more anxiety that you can act on. Uh, Coming up, I want to talk about what you can expect the Congress to act on. But right now, I want to talk about why coronavirus as a health event has become such a brutal personal event for many people's wallets. And it's because we are already in recession. And the recession we're in is going to get deeper by the week as economic activity seizes up in so many sectors of the economy we are going to find a lot of people unemployed. Uh, Big businesses will go longer than small businesses in being able to keep people on the payroll, but the layoffs are coming across the economy. And it means that right now you need to think about every dollar that you're spending today, every single dollar, which ironically enough, speeds the impact on the economy. Uh, So what I'm telling you to do where I'm asking you to slow down your spending speeds up the impact on what it does to small businesses in your community, uh, what it does to companies of all sizes when you rein in your spending. But right now, we have a fact that we have to deal with. We have a disease that's spreading around the country. We don't have uh, testing kits in place to know the depth of this. And until we get the protocol in place where people that have symptoms are tested and we know what we're dealing with, we're basically in suspended animation in the United States. So, the thing with the social distancing, the fact that I'm staying at home and I'm doing uh, radio and TV from my home instead of out and about in the community or in a studio is part of what we're all being asked to do. But think how many jobs in the United States are ones that can't be done from home that involve 
people going out and doing things. There was a big fuss in Northern California because the areas of the San Francisco Bay Area are on full lockdown and only essential activities are allowed and people are not supposed to be out of their homes unless there is an emergency need to go to the pharmacy, to go get groceries. That's pretty much it. Well, somehow Tesla for its factory in um, Northern California got an exemption as an essential activity. And so there you have a factory with thousands of people working side by side, exactly what we don't want to be happening, have happening because of the transmission of the virus. So who knows how long that exemption will remain in place. Because really, if you think about the job environment and us not being able to work in so many jobs, then there's a direct, severe economic impact on your and my wallet. And I'm going to be talking day by day about how you deal with a sudden discontinuance of a paycheck. And how how do you set priorities with what remains in your hands? Speaking of which, going back to what I said starting off, it's going to be very, very important that you conserve your spending, that you everything that is not essential does not take place. And I think about with food. We spend in the United States more than half of what we spend eating out. And there are people who will continue to do that. There are others that will conserve cash by eating at home. And so there are a variety of decisions and choices that we'll need to make as we look at, if you think of this as an eight-week severe disruption and maybe a four-month moderate level of disruption, that's probably where we're sitting. So we're going to be in a deep decline economically for at least the next eight weeks. And then depending on how we do with combating coronavirus, that will determine what happens after that point. Now, we're going to do something for uh, the next few days on our show that instead of taking your questions with you directly asking them, we're going to do something where it's just an expanded Ask Clark. And the reason is we're getting so incredibly large a number of questions that we can't possibly answer nearly as many if I engage in one-on-one conversations with you asking your question. So we're going to have producers, Joel and Kim, rotate asking questions that you've posted for me at clark.com slash ask and questions you posted for me on social media. So, Kim, you're up first. All right, then. So... First question from Sally, what do I do if I can't pay my mortgage or rent? So 
being able to pay mortgage or rent is going to become an issue about two weeks from now. With mortgages, you'll have uh, roughly a two-week grace after that. So we're talking about making an April mortgage payment sometime in the next uh, four weeks. That if you can't do that, we'll talk about that scenario. In the case of rent, generally with rent, it's due on the first of the month. Penalty kicks in under most leases on the fifth or sixth of the month. Now, in many jurisdictions around the country, dealing with renters first, evictions will be suspended. And if you are flat tapped out, your paycheck is stopping this week or it's clearly going to stop next week, you are going to be able to likely stay, depending on where you live, you'll be able to stay and not have paid for a period of time till the emergency is lifted. It may devastate your credit as a result, but you're likely going to be able to stay. Um, with, And this is not a blanket. Again, it's going to depend by jurisdiction what happens when people cannot pay their rent. With mortgages, again, you've got essentially four weeks from while I'm speaking for you to be able to make what would be considered to be a current mortgage payment for April. If you are unemployed, you don't have the funds to make a mortgage payment, if you get to about the 10th of April and you have not been able to make an April mortgage payment, what you're going to do is you're going to contact your mortgage lender early and often and stay in touch with them about the problems you're having making your payment and these are these are things that are likely going to be short term relatively this is going to be a very different cycle than what we faced during the financial crisis during the great recession where things got ugly and stayed ugly for years this is actually going to be uglier in the short term than anything any of us have had experience with. Uh, specifically, the two things most of us have had direct experience with are the uh, aftermath effects of September 11th, 01, and the Great Recession. This will hit us harder, I mean, not like, September 11th did to our core about a foreign enemy terrorists attacking us on our own soil. But I mean, in terms of the economic impact, will be greater, but for a measured period of time, because the underlying strength of the economy was there going into this. Joel? Clark Bryan's got a question. He says, with super cheap domestic flights because of the coronavirus, should I book a ticket sometime in the next few weeks? He says, I'm willing to risk the virus to fly for cheap. So air travel will be greatly reduced. And although there are rumors that, that air travel will be suspended, there's nothing that points to that being a factual thing right now so if you 
want to travel. I was looking at an email I got today. Let me find it. That was talking about why this is such a great time to book travel to fun in this, what I call fun in the sun. And it's really interesting that the travel suppliers are looking for any way possible to get people back in the air. And right now, people are feeling pretty nervous about about the whole situation. And getting to fun in the sun sounds like, hey, I can get away from all my troubles. I'll be somewhere in the Caribbean. I'll be somewhere in Central America. And that is something you can do at prices that are lower than you may have ever seen. I'm looking at a new Southwest sale, and it's crazy because the round-trip fares to spots fun in the sun in the Caribbean and Central America are lower than what we usually see for one-ways by a long shot. So that is your choice. The opportunity is there. And going to beach areas has been very popular. I don't know if you've seen any of the pictures the last couple of days where beaches are crowded and people are not following social distancing. So I would tell you, if you do decide the way to get through this is to go to the beach, you know, if the going gets tough, I'm going to go on vacation. Make sure that you use common sense precautions, particularly if you're outside the United States, because if you do go to Central America, you go somewhere in the Caribbean, and you do come down with any illness that that you get from other people, not necessarily coronavirus, the medical care may not be as available or as high quality as it would be in the United States. Just want you to know we're doing things a little differently right now on our show, and uh, most days you will not hear the Clark Rageous moment. It would be right at this appointed time. And we're also not taking your calls completely abnormal for us as we're trying to get to as many of your questions as we can that you're posting at clark.com slash ask and on various social media. And Kim, who do you have a question from? This one's from Judy. She basically wants to know if she should be buying stocks right now. Her and her fiance are 26 years old. They've been saving to buy a house, but now that they see the Dow tumbling, is this an opportunity for investing? It's a long-term opportunity for investing, but not a short-term. The stock market uh, could have far, far more to fall because I'm not sure that investors are pricing in how severe the economic contraction that's underway in the United States is going to be. Again, there's going to be a full recovery. And this is a temporary phenomenon that has come out of nowhere that is not based on economic conditions, which is why once the health questions are answered, the economy comes back to life. It will be slower coming back than it will decline, than the speed which it will decline. So I wouldn't want you to take money you were going to use to buy a home with the idea that you're going to invest it and then cash out of those investments in short order because you'll ride a wave back up. 
because we don't know how long that wave takes and we don't know how far bottom is. So only for a long-term player is it a good idea. And this is one of the best times ever if you have money you want to invest to dollar cost average in where you take your pile of money and you put it into investments in equal sums over the next six months. Joel? Yeah, Clark. Sheila wrote in and said, what if you're in the middle of a real estate deal? Do you continue to proceed right now? If you're planning to own the property for a number of years, then today's conditions are fine as long as your employment looks stable. Conditions are fine for you to proceed with closing on that sale and moving into that property. Uh, there's there's the great interest rate you're getting in doing the purchase and you're locking in essentially low costs for housing because of getting that low rate and you're going to need a place to live. So the only thing that would make me walk away is if you're really worried that unemployment could be hitting you straight ahead. Welcome to the Clark Howard Show where we're here to serve you through a time of great uncertainty, health-wise and economically, Clark.com is our main website. And at Clark Deals, we have pivoted to offer you information on deals on essentials that you are trying to find, trying to buy right now as you stock your home for a time that we will be, as the phrase is made, shelter in place for likely about an eight-week period. So I talked earlier about the deep recession that we're going into and the waves of unemployment that we're going to see. And just in the time I've been talking, Marriott has announced that they're going to lay off huge numbers of people and close hotels all around the world. And there is no sector that initially has been harder hit than the travel industry. The nation's airlines, a very, very politically influential group of companies, have gone to the politicians in Washington, and they're seeking uh, corporate welfare of $50 billion, handouts. And several other industries that are politically influential are seeking handouts. Now, I have no problem, and it will be absolutely necessary, for the Congress to set up some form of lending program to industries, and it'll be more difficult, but we'll need some form of lending program for small businesses. The, uh, the number being bandied around Washington today is $850 billion being made available in various packages and forms to try to keep the economy from staggering to a depression. And we will, don't worry, we will spend what we need to as a country in order to prevent a depression. This circumstance doesn't lend itself to a depression. It lends itself to disruption. And there will be a lot of steps taken to try to cushion this. And one of them will be 
different strategies to see that businesses and industries, even as they shut down, don't fail, that they will be given funds that they will be able to, when the coronavirus pandemic passes, that businesses will be able to resume their operations. I am unalterably opposed to politically connected companies being given handouts. We as taxpayers should not be on the hook for handouts to corporate America. On the other hand, we are the lender of last resort. And lending money to corporations is something that I can support. But giving cash because we've decided because you're powerful with us that we're going to give you money, no strings attached, not okay. And so it will be a big tug of war going on between the House and the Senate. Now, there was uh, a lot of talk on the weekend that a bipartisan bill that passed the U.S. House overwhelmingly would race through the Senate to provide assistance to consumers. But that bill is now looks like it's dead because the Senate has decided that their highest priority is subsidies to corporate America. And that is going to cause this tug of war between the U.S. House and the U.S. Senate and the White House over whether when Washington opens the spigot and increases our nation's budget deficit to really freaky weird levels for 2020, that the money that is doled out is not corporate welfare, but is actually money to support companies staying in business that they got to pay back. So you'll hear that theme from me repeatedly as for you and me as consumers, the thing that's held up right now by the U.S. Senate is allowing for free testing for coronavirus. And they probably don't see as much a priority on that right now because, well, we don't have testing available <laughs> in any meaningful way. So it will, it will get done. We'll have testing available. And by the time we have testing available, hopefully the Congress will have settled its differences and people will have an economic incentive to be tested not to avoid being tested. And uh, as far as how quickly this will happen, there will be packages passed out of Washington fairly quickly, unusually quickly, because the public wants action. The next thing is that there will not be a single package out of Washington. This initial one, that right now has a, just a wild guess number of 800 to 900 billion dollars billion is only a down payment on what kind of economic support we as individuals will need so that people can eat and that 
corporations and small businesses will need so that when this cloud of coronavirus passes by us, that activity can resume. And I think it's your turn, Kim. I believe you are correct. This might be my favorite question that I've gotten yet. Jim wants to know how he can help if you have any advice on how to help others during this time, but he also wants to make sure to avoid scams while doing it. What a wonderful question. And what I've been asking, because this is this shows the altruistic spirit in so many of us as Americans, because I've been getting texts about this, emails, you know, family, friends reaching out to me saying, how do I help? What's the best way to help right now? And I want you to hold back on your ammunition for now, because the exact needs are not clear yet. And the best ways to help out are not obvious yet. And so there's going to be plenty of time over the months ahead for us to be able to render assistance to others. Uh, One of the issues we face is a lot of charities that we trust and believe in have actually suspended their operations. And it makes it tougher to actually handle donations. What I'm hoping is that there will be things that rise organically in local communities that someone who when we get more weeks into this kim that when someone is hungry that they will post that on facebook let's say and a neighbor will come and drop off essentially a care package of food i think we're going to see a lot of person to person and neighborhood to neighborhood kind of assistance beyond what we're used to, more like in places that get hit with a weather disaster where suddenly people come out of the woodwork and provide assistance to their neighbors and their community. I think we're going to see more of that this time than more that is done by traditional charities, at least for the next several weeks. Joel? Yeah, Clark, Angela wrote in and said, what are good work-from-home options if the restaurant I work at closes? First of all, I'm really sorry about you being one of the restaurant workers that are going to be so heavily affected. The restaurant sector employs a very large number of people. I forget, I saw that number the other day. Um, Let me see, 16 million is the best guess. So 16 million people are facing prospects of overwhelming unemployment in the U.S. So Amazon is an example. This is not work from home if you're willing to do it. Amazon has just announced a very heavy need for hiring as a lot of people are switching from going out to buy things who historically have continued to do so, Amazon is overwhelmed and has been unable to meet its service standards for delivery. And so they are hiring hundreds of thousands of workers right now. As for work at home, we have a work at home guide on Clark.com. And a lot of it are things that don't pay a lot of money generally about 
uh, $7.50 to $12 an hour kind of things, and you schedule up and schedule down is, is appropriate for you for a lot of those opportunities. And also, depending on the level of work available from different industries, that will affect how much work at home will be available over these next couple of months. Kim? Well, Kelly wants to know if you've seen any of the deals yet for 0% auto financing. She wants to know if there's more to come and who, if anyone, should be taking advantage of this. The automakers right now are like deer in headlights. And they don't know what strategy to employ right now. It's uh, really unlikely that you're going to see sales initiatives until these rolling restrictions on our activities in going out in public and doing normal commerce are lifted. When that does happen, yes, there's certainty that the automobile industry that already was having more trouble moving product, the automobile industry was in a significant slowdown, they are going to employ a variety of incentives to get people back in vehicles. But that activity is really more like May-June, as I look right now, than it's going to be this month or April. Joel? All right, Clark, Ellen says, my daughter's daycare is closed due to coronavirus, but the daycare insists on being paid. And this could go on for many weeks and months. So how can someone continue to pay for services not being provided? I I think this has to be a problem for lots of parents out there. What are our rights in this situation? So let's look at facts. You know, the daycare center is trying to keep its, its business alive. And so they want you to pay for a service not being rendered and there's no way. People aren't going to do that. And that is an unrealistic expectation of you to continue to pay because you're probably at some point going to see your pay reduced. Now, they may have done an appeal that we want to try to keep our staff and we want to see that our staff continues to get paid. And in that circumstance, that is Uh, an individual decision by you if you want to basically um, because you love the people who work there who've been taking care of your child that you want to see that they continue to get paid but that will be a personal choice that you make in no way can they require you to continue to pay for a service that's not being delivered period This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance— Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. Here on the Clark Howard Show, we've thrown out normal format. And instead of answering your questions one-on-one, people are submitting questions to me multiple ways. And we're getting so many, we're trying to get to as many of these as we can. So producers Kim and Joel are asking questions that you've submitted at clark.com slash ask and through social media. And Kim, what you got? All right. Alan wants to know why his home city's symphony orchestra has not canceled all of their upcoming performances when their mayor is not allowing gatherings of 50 or more. If it's not canceled, there's no way to get a refund yet. Does he just sit tight for a while? Yes, exactly. Okay, so this is going on with a bunch of cultural activities. You know, a lot of uh, theaters, um, symphonies, anything cultural, they they run on a shoestring. They run on very, very tight budgets. And some are adopting the philosophy of the show must go on because if they go dark at these uh, venues then they may not survive the next few months. So there's been uh, kind of a stubbornness with some cultural activities where they are not canceling events so that they don't have to make refunds and in turn they'll play before empty houses. Now, what I think the compromise is if a cultural activity in a community like a symphony or something like that is not financially able to suspend and if they made refunds they would cease to exist the compromise that will leave no one exactly happy is that they do performances online and i think that is the best solution to a bad circumstance i've got but the reality is if they can afford to they should cancel the performance and if not refund money give you a credit towards a future date once performances resume. Joel? Mark Clark William has a question. He says, I'm seeing a lot of price gouging going on, especially for baby products in stores and online. What should be done when I see that? All right. So Amazon has had a massive problem with this. And with Amazon and at Walmart.com, which are the two largest online sellers, Walmart, I think actually larger in kids stuff, is you can go to the websites and limit your search to items that are being sold directly by the dot-com that are Amazon's own sales items and Walmart's own sales items. Rather than third parties that are on those sites, you'll eliminate the problem of the gouge if you do that and you're buying directly from the platforms. Now, with Walmart, with store pickup, there was a particular item that we needed from the pharmacy And I saw that things were being really, really jacked up in price, limited it to walmart.com, and the item was at normal price. It cost me like $2.99 plus tax to go pick up at the automated kiosk. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.